Hello, this is your political correspondent, Ezra Siddiqui. Today, I'm here to discuss my South by Southwest experience. You may be wondering, what is South by Southwest? Well, it's about a 12-day festival in Austin, Texas that includes the Interactive Film and Music Festival. So the interactive panels deal with more the tech industries, a little bit of policy, a lot to do with startups. The film industry is about startup films, indie films, the same is applicable to the music industry as well. But they do have a lot of international films and music that come into Austin and you know try to gain some traction to get a little bit more investment. But overall, it's a really crazy time in downtown Austin. The traffic is insane. I'm sure you all heard that President Obama was one of the openers for the South by Southwest Festival, as was... First Lady Michelle Obama, which was really exciting. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see them, but I can assure you traffic was crazy when they were in town. So I thought some of the startups that I saw at the interactive portion of the festival really amazing. They come from all over the world. They have so many different ideas. I think it was just, you know, it was really heartening to see all of these ideas come in and and there was no, you know, lines across the different countries or religions. Like, this was business that, you know, that could go all over the world. They were wanting to help anyone who wanted to invest in it. And I thought that was really interesting and how they came from so many different countries. So I, I attended a couple of the interactive panels. And the most interesting interactive panel I attended was about media and the American Muslim panel taking back the media. And I thought it was really interesting how they discussed how we as American Muslims have been so defined by the media and it's been so difficult for us to define who we are. And we, get, we keep getting told by the media and then the people who listen to the media, oh, you guys are X, Y, and Z. And we are having such a difficult time to dispel those rumors about us. But media can be used in so many different ways. And especially with the young generation, we have been doing a much better job by using social media to dispel that and to make our own narrative of who we are as American Muslims. And, you know, obviously we're much more social media savvy with Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and Snapchat all you know, on our iPhones and Androids, and we've been trying to make a more positive impact. Overall, with the panel, I was so enthralled and impressed with what the panelists were doing to change the view of American Muslims within the media and how hard they work. I thought it was also very unique to see the different platforms each person was coming from. Some are very much into the social media market, some are in marketing, some are in the legal field, but they all come together to try and work on attaining a better image for American Muslims, and I thought that was really cool. They definitely faced some difficult questions in the panel. I thought, of course, I asked a question about how to get American Muslims and South Asians especially the millennial generation, more involved in politics. And they definitely had some great answers that, you know, we do need to start local, we do need to start grassroots. And while the presidential election has been really important, local elections definitely do matter a lot. 
another question that I found that I probably wouldn't have thought of, but that was very interesting. There was a gentleman from Denmark, and he was saying that there has been a lot of racism in Denmark with the whole Syrian refugee crisis, and it's become this talk about us versus them. And I guess he felt that the panel was the same way, that we still talked about us versus them, and we weren't more inclusive or more assimilating within the culture. And I thought that was definitely a difficult um, question, it would have been really hard to answer because it's true for so long we have been thinking it's us versus them, but I don't think that's necessarily our fault. It's, you know, the way that we have been portrayed and that people have already made us out to be us versus them and we don't want to be like that, but I guess maybe that's how we're answering the question. And I agree with what they said that, you know, this has been happening, but I thought their answer was great that, you know, we can still, you know, do more and that we can be more politically active and get to know our neighbors and that way we can change the status quo so that it isn't us versus them. Another fascinating topic they talked about was, you know, after each terrorist attack, there always seems to be this outcry of, where are the moderate Muslims after every attack? And that's become a thing for many American Muslims, and that's become very frustrating for us. And while we have been trying to dispel that, that's something that's been more difficult for us to, you know, confront and discuss. But something that's been really great is how media has crea created a more proactive Muslim identity and that how we can use social media to address real community deficient deficiencies from within, um, that the multiple channels empowers our entire community, and that we can define our community. And as I stated before, the convo is definitely being driven by the young Muslims. And even though we're only 2% of the U.S. population, we are the most diverse community in the nation, and not even other predominantly Muslim countries have that either. A great example that they use of how um, we've used social media to show the wrongs and the suffer sufferings that we've gone through and turning it into something positive was if the Hajj Muhammad situation, as you all know, that she's competing in the Olympics and she wears hijab and a South by Southwest volunteer asked her to take off her hijab for identification. Of course, she tweeted it out and it went viral. And of course, there was a quick response where the South by Southwest personally apologized to her, that volunteer was removed, and they corrected the wrong quite quickly. And that's, you know, that's pretty positive, the, the quick impact that we can make through social media. And I thought that was a great example that they used about that, or used for that. They also discussed how the fear of American Muslims comes from two root causes, and the Two main causes are ignorance and media depiction. I have definitely talked about ignorance several times in my previous podcasts about how there are so many Americans that don't know many of us or don't know South Asians as well. And that's why when they listen to the media, you know, they hear all these things. And because they've never met any of us before, it's so easy for them to believe us. And so I think that really upholds um, what I've said in previous podcasts, and obviously the media depiction is a huge impact on us and our community and where the fear comes from as well.
They did also talk about how we have been, as South, um, as American Muslims, becoming more involved in political crises, such as the Flint, Michigan water crisis. And I think that was amazing. I think the way our community came together for the state of Michigan or within the state of Michigan to fix that crisis or to help out in whatever way possible was really amazing. And I think we need to continue to do that. And I don't think we need to wait for a political crisis for us to start helping out. I think we can do that. There's already so many situations occurring within our country such as, you know, veterans affairs is huge. Criminal justice reform is also big. Immigration reform is also a major topic. And those are things that, you know, a lot of minority communities are dealing with and we need to do a better job to help them out. And, you know, we cannot expect people to stand up for us if we're not willing to stand up and help, help them out with their community needs as well. So I think that was a really important note that they addressed in the panel. Overall, I really enjoyed the panel. I thought they were really great. They were so empowering and they were so inspiring. And I really enjoyed that segment. Um, moving on, I wanted to talk about the music panel that I saw. It was dealing with Pakistani music. And growing up in America, I was born and raised here. You know, I've known about like Atif Aslam and a lot of the Hindi movie stars, but I've never listened to um, Pakistani folk music. And this was a first for me. And I must say, I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. I didn't understand maybe a lot of it because it was in Sindhi or um, not all of it was in Urdu, which is what I understand the most. But I found it to be very soulful and um, just the passion that these musicians had for their music I thought was really amazing. There were two that I really was just so enthralled with. One of them, um, he was a huge advocate against honor killings, but his music was just so soulful and fun, and he was such a fun dancer. There was another lady I thought was very empowering as well. Um, she wasn't allowed to take music lessons until after she was married and her husband was exceptionally supportive of her and, um, you know, played the tabla while she sang. And I found her singing to be exceptionally soulful and the way the crowd just got so energetic around her was really awesome to see. So I can't wait to definitely attend next year for both the music interactive, and I would definitely like to check out the film festival as well. But I think it was a great experience. I highly recommend if anyone is interested, especially if you're in the tech industry, to check it out. The tech industry overlaps with so many different industries, such as healthcare, law, government, and policy. So while you may not be working in it, it still makes a major impact in your work life. So if you ever have the chance, I would definitely recommend it and check it out. I wanted to now cover the other political news affecting South Asians. The first one I wanted to discuss was about Sopin Deb. He is a reporter for CBS and has been following the Donald Trump campaign. And he was in Chicago when those big, big protests happened against Donald Trump. And he was arrested even though he was a reporter. Fortunately, CBS stood by him and 
Some of his comments were really interesting. He said that this year's politics with the Trump campaign is nothing like he's ever seen before, especially with the rallies. Uh, He did note that people at the Trump rallies would tell him to go back home to Iraq, and he's like, I've never been before. This is a prime example that I've discussed before that even the Hindu and Sikh communities deal with a lot of racism, even, even though you know they're not Muslim. And with the whole Islamophobia, Americans have a very hard time differentiating between us. And, well, I have discussed before that, you know, even the Hindu and Sikh communities should also get to learn um, their neighbors better and become more politically active. Um, and I think that is a valid point, but there was this really great article in The Guardian, and it was about the Sikh community and how after 9-11, they've seen a 200% spike in violence. And the gentleman by Arish Singh, he's a comedian in Chicago, made a really valid point that we don't even need to worry about differentiating. What we need to do is standing against all bigotry. And I thought that was such a valid point, and that really hit home for me because that's so true. We all need to stand together and be united that no matter who it is, what their race is, what their religion is, what their you know, gender orientation might be, we need to you know, unite together and stand against all forms of bigotry. And I've said this before, you know, we need to help out with the Latino community and African Americans and LGBT. And it was stated in, in the American Muslim panel at South by Southwest as well that at the end of the day, we can't sit here and say, oh, you know, we don't believe in like LGBT rights, but then we want people to make sure that they stand up um, for Islamophobia, I mean, against Islamophobia. And I think that was a really valid point, and I think that is valid here in this situation as well, that at the end of the day, we have to stand up against all forms of bigotry, whether we're Muslim, Sikh, Hindu, you know, Hispanic, African-American, LGBTs. We all need to be united and be very supportive of each other. And so... While that's been happening, there has been some positive impact for the South Asian community. I wanted to discuss some of the South Asians that have won some government official elections, which is very exciting. There is a gentleman by the name of Raja Krishnamurthy. He won the Illinois primary. If he were to win the general election, he would be the fifth South Asian in U.S. Congress. And most likely he will win because of his primary was the toughest part of his election. The other gentleman is Jay Chaudhry. Um, He will most likely win the North Carolina Senate, and he'll probably be the first South Asian in the North Carolina legislature, which is also very exciting. I also posted this article on my Facebook page, which is called Wise Up. If you're not following me, please do. I definitely post a lot of political articles that have been affecting the South Asian and Muslim communities. And they talked about how there was a record number of Indian American women running for public office in 2016. And they're running both in the Democratic and Republican parties, which I think is exceptionally amazing and super exciting. And some of the noteworthy ones are, we know of Nikki Haley, who is the governor of South Carolina for the Republicans. There's also Runa Miller. She is running in the state legislature for Maryland as a Democrat. There is Swati Dandekar, 
who's also running as a Democrat for the Iowa legislature. The California Attorney General, Kamala Harris, who is half Indian, half Jamaican, is seeking the U.S. California Senate seat. And then there is Kesha Rahm, who's a Democrat from Vermont. She is a lieutenant governor. She's running for the lieutenant governor of Vermont. She has been in the Vermont legislature since 22. So she has been one of the youngest legislators in America. So she's come a long way, and that's pretty exciting. There is also Latika Mary Thomas for Congress. Um, she's running as a Republican in Florida. If she wins, she would be the first in Indian American female in Congress. There's also Pranila Jayapal, who's running for Congress as a Democrat for the state of Washington. I commend these ladies for representing our community, and I wish them all well. I think that's such an exciting time, and what amazing progress for the South Asian community. So, that's my show for today. I'll be on next week to discuss the latest political news for the week. Thank you, and don't forget to check out my website, which is www.azrasiddiqi.com, and my Facebook page, which is called Wise Up. It has political information on there, and my website will also have all of my segments on there, as well as my own political analysis on each blog post, so make sure to check those out, and I will talk to you all next week. Thank you.